Paratruth Radio is a proud member of Evergreen Podcasts on KillerPodcast.com. Christian and non-Christian paranormal investigators. They have two different views, and it seems as if neither of them can ever agree on anything. So what happens when a mainstream view of the paranormal crosses paths with the Christian view? What's up, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of Paratruth Radio. My name is Eric. And as always, I'm Justin. And we hope that you had a wonderful and happy Halloween. I hope you didn't eat too much candy or drink too much liquor like we did. But (laughs) hey, it's all for a good time. Um, So I know we've mentioned it a few times over the last couple of episodes, but I'm going to go ahead and do it again. I want to remind everybody that Parachute Radio, along with Beyond Reason and Crime Crack, are currently now a production of New Lantern Media, which is our media production company. Uh, We are starting to place everything under their uh, under that label. So uh, if you're looking for Paratruth Radio on Spreaker or Beyond Reason or any of the other shows that we that we host or produce, uh, make sure you type in New Lantern. That'll take you straight to the homepage and you can find them easily that way. Uh, otherwise, if you go into Spreaker or YouTube or even just on Google, you can type in whichever show you're looking for and it should bring it right up. I know Paratruth Radio is right at the top. Uh, Beyond Reason is a little more difficult to look for. Uh, I noticed that today, actually. I was looking for it uh, for... <laughs> You know, trying to build the new website for New Lantern. Uh, so that one's a little harder to do because there's a few Beyond Reasons out there, unfortunately. But beyondreason.net, that's a good, quick, easy way to get to the main page, the main website that's up for that show now. Uh, otherwise, you could just type in Justin Cancellari and that'll come up for you as well. Um, along with a lot of other weird things when you type in his name. <laughs> I uh, googled him today as well for that exact purpose, and was like, "Wow!" There's well, now I'm kind of curious. You, uh, oh, okay. One said Justin Cancellari's death. I was like, "This is creepy. This is weird." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, it's let's fake hope none of that news. For a long fake yeah. news. Fake news. He's right here. <laughs> I see him. You might think he's a ghost, but I see him. Um, Anyway, so yeah, New Lantern Media, that's the new label that everything's going under, and you'll be hearing more about it. Uh, look forward to like Christmas time and stuff like that, because we are going to be releasing new t-shirts. We're going to have some limited edition t-shirts for Christmas, and we're going to have some New Lantern t-shirts, hats, things like that. And of course, you're going to be giving away some pretty cool stuff coming up here, especially now that it's November. So mm. pretty exciting. Thanksgiving's right around the corner, and we all know what that means. Santa Claus will soon be coming to town. Um, and you know what? Now that it's November, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, well, on top of that, people will be cracking heads right after Thanksgiving, too. Right. That's right. So, <clears throat> with that said, Justin, you do... Last week, actually, we, we started something new. And I believe that's the Halloween episode. Uh, and that was a drink of the day. We're highlighting a drink for every episode, or at least most episodes. Uh, and last week was the pumpkin pie punch that I mm-hmm. t- 
told everybody about, gave the ingredient list, and I believe we posted that on the page for when the show was uploaded. Um, and this week, Justin has a drink that he too came across. He's going to go ahead and share that with you guys now. Yeah, so I found this. Uh, this this is a shot. Um, I had found this a couple weeks ago. I was, I think I was looking up, trying to look up um, drinks for. Oh, I know what I was looking up. The drink I had told you about a way to make that. Oh. Um, okay. Which will not be mentioned on air because it's an inappropriate name. <laughs> but um, we were going to rename it something else to go with paramixology. Um, but anyways, um, this is a shot with peach schnapps, Irish cream, you know, Bailey's, uh, blue Caraco, or however you pronounce it, and uh, drops of grenadine. Uh, you pour the peach schnapps into a shot glass before layering Irish cream on top. Uh, drizzle in grenadine before adding a splash of blue Caraco, and down the hatch it goes. Uh, it looks a little weird. Um, it does kind of look like a little bit of an alien brain with blood in the bottom of it. So kind of fitting for Paratruth Radio. So once Eric and I are actually together, we'll have to try some of these ones that we're coming up or uh, bringing up, even if we don't invent them ourselves, um, just to, to share with you guys. Um, and even if we do put our own little spin on it. So... Right. And meanwhile, if you do want anything or try anything that we did make up, there are three currently that we have and they're on our videos uh, in our videos page under Paramixology. And you can check those out. We have things like the Vamp, which is also a shot which uses grenadine as well. And it's a really sweet shot. But that and that's a problem because, <laughs> you know, the sweeter something is, the more you tend to drink it. It, hi- uh, yeah, and the other it hides one, everything. <laughs> yeah. And another one, which I think was, I think is probably our, um, one of our highlight drinks that we made of the three. And that was the ectoplasm, uh, (laughs) super bright neon green, but oh my gosh, was it delicious, strong, but delicious. Uh, so definitely go ahead and check that out on paratruthradio.com. Again, both of those websites, paratruthradio.com and beyondreason.net are both up and live right now. And in the future, when that is changing all over to the newlantern.com, uh, platform, we will let you guys know. So, with that said, we do have some new subject matters to talk about today here in the paranormal community. Uh, now, lately we have been kind of going through various articles and news things and coming up with stuff to talk about that way. Uh, and one of the main reasons that we've been doing that is because we personally have found that some of the things that we talk about. Uh, over the last year have been repetitive from seasons prior. And that's because mm-hmm. a lot of information hasn't changed on some of the subject matter. Uh, now we did do some pretty cool stuff with the ghost hunting 101 and uh, demonology, angelology, things like that. And there's always going to be new stuff in the future. And when that happens, we'll be sure to bring that to you guys uh, first and foremost, right here on Parajit the radio. But until then into the news we go. Uh, so, Justin, did you want me to start this week, or do you want to go ahead and take it off? Kick it um, off. Actually, don't take I've it got... off. I don't want to see anything. Just <laughs> kick it off. <laughs> <laughs> Poor I mean, choice of words on my part. The only people, only person that would see it is you. You know, we don't have video Which on our stuff. Which is the part that I'm worried about. <laughs> 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 anyway, um, yeah, I'll kick it off this week. Um, 
actually I've got two really good ones, but I wanted to start out with this one. Uh, just because it's just really weird. Psychic Turtle for sale in Russia. A gentleman by the name of Alexei who lives in the city of Bakovashensk, blah, 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 uh, in, in Russia, uh, put up his pet turtle, Donatello, to be sold as a psychic animal at a whopping $46,000. Now, the funny thing about this is Alexei claims that other than, you know, it being the turtle being psychic, uh, he claims that the turtle actually helped him win money on some soccer games. Um, he, <laughs> the way he did this, and it's, I mean, it's, it's a relatively simple process. Uh, so Alexi would take two pieces of paper with the opposing teams written on the paper and put them in front of the tortoise and, he would pick a winner just by um, with those two pieces of paper, and he would he won every time that he did this. Mm-hmm. Alexei had uh, actually boasted that he the turtle won him sixteen hundred dollars, but when asked why he was selling the animal, Alexei kind of exposed a flaw to his story. Uh, he claimed that his family desperately needed money and as soon as possible they and as soon as possible uh, they could not generate funds fast enough despite owning a turtle that could predict the outcome of sporting events and guess what <laughs> nobody looked at the ad or contacted Alexi to buy this $46,000 turtle of course not it's a $46,000 turtle <laughs> There's no way that turtle's going to make you $46,000 in its lifetime, probably. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I guess he had put it on the equivalent of Craigslist in Russia. Mm -hmm. And and nobody, Nobody quote-unquote, took a bite for the poor turtle Donatello. So I thought that was a kind of interesting and fun one, just because, I mean... You could pretty much do that with any animal, and if you associate that they picked the winning team because you won after they picked mm-hmm. it, you would think that the animal is somehow psychic or gifted to to tell the future of sure. sporting events. But absolutely, I mean, if you think about it, I could have sold Angus for fifty thousand dollars for being an immortal dog. Um, I never would have done that, but you know, <laughs> after. Nearly being yeah. killed only seven times and surviving until 15 years old. Could have been immortal. You never know. <laughs> if nothing else, he was definitely a paranormal husky for sure. And I yeah, believe but... our original one of our original episodes was about was Angus, the, para- the paranormal husky. Opposite. Yep. Good times. It's always nice to know that your best buddy became one of the most talked about creatures on Perjury 30. Um, Actually, no, Night Stalkers. Night Stalkers, you're right. That was way back then. Damn. I think we did talk All about these... them on Paratruth as well, but that originally well, we, we had done an, yeah, right. We did an entire episode on Night Stalkers. Yep. Man, 
all these years are starting to blend together. Like I, I was just talking to Justin <laughs> yeah. before the episode. I was like, man, it's a conversation we're having about business stuff. And I was like, it's, it's weird to think about. We've been doing this for a total of 11 years now. Yep. And through those 11 years, we've had five different episodes in total uh, between the two of us. And it's just crazy to think like, man, yeah, I remember when you first started and how nervous I was and I was stuttering all over the place and Justin's yeah. across the table telling me to be chill. <laughs> yeah. And well, the, I mean the sound difference too. I mean, I think we've learned a lot in the past four, uh, is it almost four years for Paratruth Radio. Uh, I think we've learned more in the past four years than we had learned the whole 11 about sound quality and, uh, doing your, your thumbnail images and all that great stuff. We've learned a whole lot. And I think the show has improved because of that. Yeah. So it's great. I absolutely love it. I'm glad that we're still here doing this. Um, mm -hmm. So per her paranormal, um, psychic turtles. What about you guys? Would any of you spent 40, was it $46,000? $45,000? 46, yeah. Would, any, would anyone out there spent that kind of money for a psychic turtle? I mean, it could have won you the billion dollar jackpot for all we know. I mean, <laughs> right. is that something you take a chance on or is that just a crazy, a crazy thing? Uh, let us know what you think. And uh, yeah, we just like to hear from you. We My biggest question is you gave the turtle more than two choices. Would he still uh, yes. choose the winning? See, well, I mean, it's still interesting. It's still a 50-50 chance. Now, the question is how many times did he give? The, he only won $1,600, mind you. He said the turtle only won him $1,600, which means he right. could have Right, and it didn't say how many times he actually did Too it. many. For all we know, this happened one time. Right. But uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have tested that out. I mean, it would have been... Would have been interesting, I think. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so cool. That's interesting and really weird. I guess we'll be doing psychic pets one day in the future. <laughs> so if anyone has a psychic pet or a paranormal pet, please send us a little uh, detailed description of that pet and why they are indeed paranormal or psychic. And we would love to do an entire episode on that. So <clears throat> I was going through a number of different articles uh, the other day, and one popped up that I just thought was really kind of cool and also a little disappointing, and I'll explain why in a moment. But it kind of goes hand in hand with something you talked about a couple of weeks ago, Justin, and that is the, the judgment that a house can be deemed legally haunted. Mm. Um, and this kind of goes along with it in a way. So many people who purchase a home often seem to have a lingering question about their new property. And that question is, I think we can all guess it, is it haunted, right? My sister and brother-in-law questioned that when buying their new home. Their neighbor was also unpleasantly surprised to hear creepy noises radiating throughout her various rooms uh, in her recent home, which she's now selling, not because of the haunting, just situations but what is weird about that actually is they bought the house maybe about seven eight months ago i think and they didn't hear anything until she was alone and they were remodeling the interior that's weird there you go um so interesting she came out we were by the bonfire and she came out and she was telling us how creeped out she was but she doesn't believe in that kind of stuff she's like i know it's not real but in my mind and i'm across the way like well and my sister's like no 
don't say anything. <laughs> Let her get some rest tonight. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> fine. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, anyway, so with that said, I mean, there, I think a lot of our fans have actually posed a question as well. Like, how do you really know whether or not a place that you're buying is haunted and is there a way to know whether or not a place is clear of unwanted of unwanted spirits before purchasing? Well, apparently Bungalow, a residential real estate company serving large markets in the Southeast, claims to have added a paranormal inspector to their team to inspect homes on the market and give potential homeowners some peace of mind when purchasing their new house. Now, apparently there were and there was an paranormal inspection report on their website that said the house in question was clear of any evil spirits and then said that you can view the full paranormal inspection report for any of their home listings and all other inspection reports at bungalowhomes.com. Well, upon checking this, um, this website at bungalowhomes.com, it was very disappointing to find that there were absolutely no reports on any paranormal investigations, uh, but everything was pretty much like any other realty website. You know, several homes, they all looked really nice, were properly informed, detailed, professional, but nothing in regards to the paranormal. And that's a little disappointing because in a way, I think this is a great and interesting prospect for realtors uh, who are looking to sell homes because people nowadays... The website is growing. It's becoming mm -hmm. much larger, much mm -hmm. faster. It's spreading over the throughout the world, not just the country. And people are becoming more and more um, concerned about the type of home they're buying, especially old homes. And I think having something like a paranormal investigator as part of your realty team to come in, investigate it, and give a true proof of either assurance, like, it's safe. There's nothing there. Or to be like, there is something here and we will clear it for you if you buy blah, blah, blah. It's a selling point, right? Possibly. But unfortunately, it looks like it was all just kind of a ploy. Maybe they did it for one house and this is more of just a Halloween thing that's happening here and they're trying to raise a little uh, awareness for their company. But nonetheless, kind of frustrating and a little disappointing that this isn't seemingly to be a real thing as of yet what do you think about that i mean is this something that can be i mean used to turn around properties really quick and maybe uh gain potential buyers or is this just kind of a fun little gimmicky thing i think people are making it a gimmicky thing um mm -hmm. as far as actual sales is concerned i mean it, Realtors or, or sellers even are required to tell, disclose to you if, if anybody's been murdered there, I believe within the past five years, mm -hmm. I, I can see that possibly within the next few years, even that it probably will be somehow legally binding that you have to report some type of, of paranormal activity maybe just depending on the the severity of it you know what i mean cuz like 
Right. Somebody doesn't want to move into a house where they're going to be scratched and, and pushed and all that sort of thing. But if there's mild activity of, you know, people talking, but, you know, nothing ever violent happens or anything, uh, that might not be required to be disclosed. So I, I can foresee it happening. Uh, will it cause any, any sales, uh, to, to go quickly? Maybe. I mean, there are people that truly want a haunted house, but I would beg the question that they don't really know what they're getting into if they buy a haunted house, good or bad. Right. Right. And I mean, and it got, What's interesting about that actually is recently there have been, relatively recently, there have been two uh, haunted homes that were sold uh, to people within the paranormal community uh, in regards to television. That's a travel channel. Uh, One, of course, was Zach Bagans, who bought the Demon House, did an entire documentary on it. They just actually released uh, a director's cut, basically, of never-before-seen footage from that, uh, which aired a few days back. Uh, And then a second home was sold to... And the other paranormal investigator uh, who isn't a Travel Channel guy, uh, but still pretty big in the paranormal community in, in his respective uh, uh, field of study is a man named Corey Heinzen, who actually bought the 18th century house that inspired the 2000 superna- 2013 supernatural horror film, The Conjuring. Um, and I feel like this is becoming more and more common, actually, with paranormal investigators, both well-known and otherwise, uh, who are buying these paranormal homes or these haunted homes to do more in-depth investigations. Um, now, what's interesting about that, though, is, mind you, Zach Bagans. This is one of the guys who's really into like getting into the dark side of of the uh, the hauntings and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, calling out demons and stuff like that. He bought the demon house and then ended up having it knocked down and ended up having to even end production early for the documentary because people were getting hurt in the making of the show. It became deemed too dangerous and he cut the show off and prevented people from going back in. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he tore it down uh, so that no one can be harmed again. And that's spooky when paranormal investigators get to a point where even they don't want to be getting in there to do any more well, investigation. Wasn't he getting sick and stuff at, at, at one point after yeah. he had bought the house mm-hmm. too? Yep, he, he's getting sick. Uh, people, Other people were getting sick and hurt. Uh, accidents were happening. Uh, it was, wasn't was a good thing, you know, and it never is when you're doing an investigation on demonic activity. Open yourself up to that kind of darkness always has... Uh, a consequence so and that's what we're always telling everybody out there to be very careful when you're investigating uh whatever type of investigating that is maybe it's not even investigation maybe you're just having fun and asking questions to nothing uh you never know what those doors might open but uh yeah so i don't know i think it would be kind of cool uh and maybe worthwhile for a company similar like bungalow realty to to maybe hire on paranormal investigators who are willing to go into these homes and inspect it for haunting before putting it on the market and just giving people a little more closure or peace of mind when making a decision as to whether or not to purchase. Right. Well, I mean, like I said, it is a gimmicky thing now and I th- I do think in the future it could be a possibility Again, I don't know how quickly it would actually sell homes, but at least people would, would have that peace of mind knowing, oh, you know, a demon was living here and they cleansed it out. Maybe I right. don't want well, this house. 
And the thing is, like, obviously it doesn't happen often. You know, the majority of people in the world buying a home isn't buying a haunted home. But there are enough stories to raise some concern for people who have bought a home and then end up having to leave within three to six months after the move-in date because of a haunting that they didn't know about prior. Uh, and that can be an issue. And of course, not all hauntings stay in that location. Some of these people bring the haunting in and uh, you know they have attachments. You know, if, if you live in one home, you might have an attachment that you don't know about. Move into a new home that has some type of stirred up activity already, something that triggers or gives power to a spirit that's already attached to you. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there's a haunting and then you move to a new home and that haunting follows you. That actually happened uh, on an episode of Haunted, I think I was watching, uh, where a guy did that. He went downstairs, heard a bunch of noises, took his camera to the basement, and there's this large shadow figure that peeked around the corner. And then he it disappeared. And the guy freaked out, went to turn around the stairs, and he slipped, fell all the way down to the bottom of the stairs. And, of course, there was nothing down there. So he ended up moving him and his family out into a new home. And, of course, the haunting started again. And he was videotaping himself, talking about how this home is also haunted. It must have followed him. And while he's doing that, there's pictures in the background rattling. There's uh, things on the table that are shifting from left to right. And it's really crazy, like some serious um, poltergeist-like activity. So, you know, we don't know if a haunting is necessarily always related to the home. It could be related to a person's uh, psyche at one point. And by that, I mean like certain stressful situations or or just certain uh, elements happening throughout, you know, within the family or just, you know, disconcerting, things like that. You know, all kinds of different things that can certainly create some type of or stir up some type of activity. Right. Well, I, I don't think people ever really associate that they could be haunted compared to a place being haunted. And I think yeah. that's the huge difference. There is, uh, you know, nobody, nobody understands that a spirit can actually attach itself to you, whether you believe it's human spirits, even more so if you believe in demons, because the demon's not going to let go of you no matter where you're going. So, right. um, well, it, <laughs> I think it's, it's actually, uh, it just sparks, sparks my memory because you said people don't realize that maybe they can be haunted and immediately i thought of yellow fever supernatural's episode called yellow fever i think it was season three and dean winchester is basically being haunted by a a ghost who was killed uh, a long time ago dragged behind a truck and he's like i'm haunted am i haunted freaking out and i was man i remember you and i were both watching that show that episode together that was hilarious it's probably one of the best episodes they've ever done i still use that screaming reference actually (laughs) (laughs) so that was scary (laughs) 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 all right well on to the next uh headline here uh this one is actually kind of really really interesting because we've kind of talked about it numerous times throughout Paratruth Radio, I've talked about it on Beyond Reason a lot, uh, that human emotion physically shapes reality. And this is actually a sci- three separate scientific studies that were done. Now, one was done where human DNA was isolated and sealed in a container placed near a test subject. Uh, scientists gave stimuli to 
the subject to emotionally stimulate both good and bad. And they actually noticed that the person's DNA would tighten during negative emotion and loosen or relax during positive emotion. Now, I mean, that in and of itself, rather than it, uh, you saying that it shapes our reality, our DNA reacts to us even after it's been separated from us, according to this study. Now, the scientists concluded that human emotion produces effects which defy conventional laws of physics. In the second study, uh, and it was unrelated to the first, but it was similar in nature, they extracted leukocytes, white blood cells, from a donor, or from donors, rather, uh, and placed them into chambers so they could measure electrical changes. Now, in this study, uh, the donor was placed in one room, um, given emotional stimulus consisting of video clips, which generated different emotions, just very similar to the last one. Now, the DNA was placed in a different room in the same building. Both, doc, uh, both donor and his DNA were monitored as the donor exhibited emotional peaks or valleys, and the DNA exhibited the exact same uh, peaks and valleys in real time. Again, very, very similar to the first one, but they actually separated the DNA from opposite, you know, in different rooms. And they even got it to the point where they moved the DNA 50 miles away, up to 50 miles away, uh, doing the exact same thing. And the reaction happened the same every single time. Now, that in and of itself goes to show you that they went through the scientific process and got the same result every time, which means that they scientifically say that our emotions affects our DNA. Hello, and welcome to Novel Conversations, a podcast about the world's greatest stories. I'm your host, Frank Lavallo, and for each episode of Novel Conversations, I talk to two readers about one book, and together we summarize the story for you. We introduce you to the characters, we tell you what happens to them, and we read from the book along the way. So if you love hearing a good story, you're in the right place. Our ninth season is coming this fall. Tune in to hear from some of the all-time great authors, Charles Dickens, Jules Verne, F. Scott Fitzgerald, and more. Subscribe to Novel Conversations wherever you listen to podcasts. Now, the last one is actually a little bit different, but still in the same realm. <clears throat> uh, the third experiment proves something pretty shocking. The scientists observed the effect of DNA on our physical world. Light photons were put into a vacuum, and then human DNA was introduced into the vacuum. Now, prior to that, the photons weren't doing anything. They were just existing there in the vacuum. But when the DNA had been introduced into the vacuum, the light photons actually um, let me see. They were no longer acting random. They, they were just not only existing, they uh, took 
the geometric form of a DNA molecule, that person's DNA molecule that they used. Uh, scientists who were studying this described the photons behaving surprisingly and counterintuitively. In other words, they were acting not their normal selves. Uh, they went on to say that we are forced to accept the possibility of some new field of energy. They concluded that human DNA literally shape the behavior of light photons that make up the world around us. Now, it's funny because three separate scientific teams did three separate types of scientific experiments, and they all came to a very similar conclusion. That our emotions affect our DNA, and our DNA shapes the world around us. That our emotions physically change the world around us. Now, I've thought for a long time that we shape our own existence. Not necessarily the whole world around us, but we shape our own existence. Now, that, in my, my mind, kind of validates that, but what are your thoughts on it? Um, well, I mean, I think it's really strange that you can separate DNA from its host and still produce the results that the DNA would re react to the emotion, because that means there's some type of psychological link between the two or some type of weird, like it can't even be just biological because they're no longer together. They're separate, um, mm -hmm. which means there's some type of invisible connection there, you know, like a tether, um, which is really odd and Actually, it makes me think of think of uh, scripture in regards to, to to what scripture says about our human spirits being tethered to God, and upon mm -hmm. death we to Him. You know, and it's really weird that there's all these different things within nature that are very similar and dynamic, uh, despite us all being very different. Whether you're a human or an animal or a plant or you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that in of itself, it's it's hard to say. Like, I'd like to not only obviously you read the results, but I'd like to actually see the results uh, in real time. Some type of video evidence of this happening, mm -hmm. uh, or, or something that helps explain it a little better. Uh, because, like, I don't know the source that you got this from. Uh, I'm sure it's a legitimate source, um, but it's still questionable to me. You know, I, I, I need a little more proof. I would like to believe something like that. Cause I think it's weird. I think it's really kind of odd, uh, and a fun conversation, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard to I mean, fathom, to me, you know, this kind of reminds me a little bit, you know, ge the genetic memory theory, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that kind of makes me think of that because the DNA reacted the same way that the host did. Um, so, but again, well, just like and this, I mean, there's a certain genetic type of memory, memory isn't completely proved. Right. And I mean, there, there are instances in which you can prove some type of, of memory to the body alone, you know, not just the mind, muscle memory, for example. Uh, mm -hmm. How often do many of us never ride a bike? And yet years later, we have on a bike and it's easy going. We're just, you know, you would think you'd fall over after you know, seven, ten more plus years yeah. of not riding a bike, but it's so easy and simple. Same thing with like working out. You know, you might have been able to lift heavy weight at one point. You stop for a year or two, 
when you get back into it, it only takes about a month or two to get back to your original strength that you once were because there's a certain amount of muscle memory. Uh, and it's weird to think that way, to think like muscle has a mind in, in a sense, which I'm not saying it does, uh, but it's just the the way we're designed. Um, and I can see with, like, with something like that, thinking muscle memory uh, or just thinking of like, how our bodies are capable of remembering how to do certain things that we haven't done in a long time. I can see that being kind of a, like, I can see that helping this particular, like, scientific study, you know, this idea of, mm -hmm. of, of DNA, even though separate from the body, still has a sense of memory uh, to what the body reacts to. But it's... I don't know. It's odd, man, because that means it just it's, it's very sci fi to me. It's so weird. But like there literally has to be a connection between the mind and the DNA uh, if that's mm. the case, because right. it just doesn't make sense otherwise. Um, I don't know. I, you almost got me kind of speeches here. It's just weird. <laughs> it's very interesting. Well, you're always about scientific proof. So, I mean, three different teams come up with similar things so there exactly. that's why i thought it would be fascinating for you yeah it, and it is fascinating it's really it's really weird it's gonna be one of those things that i'm thinking about tonight um <laughs> trying to go to sleep you know <laughs> wait trying to wait, go to sleep i can affect my dna <laughs> <laughs> exactly so does, does that mean we can create meta humans can i become a speedster like the flash I heard the particle accelerator blew up not too long ago, and I was like, "Darn, I wasn't next to it." <laughs> I wasn't there. Dang it. <laughs> Dang it! Humans are already trying to play God a little too much as it is. I don't think we need to go any further than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean that's really interesting. That's that's a weird thing. Uh, I don't know. What do you What do you guys think? Uh, those of you tuning tuning in, uh, is this seem that something that seems credible? I mean, this is three different companies that that tested it. Uh, do any of you have any of you done research on this and found any other tests that might support this theory or these results? I should say is no longer really a theory um, in this case. So mm, I don't know. I mean, right. what do you guys think? Let us know uh, if you have any thoughts, concerns, or you have some some other evidence to support this these new facts. I'd love to hear them or read them uh, if you can send them our way. So. The last thing that I came across, which I texted you yesterday about it, and I said that I kind of had something somewhat fun that I thought would be interesting to share. Yep. And I this isn't a test, came Justin, out, again, is it? A what? This isn't a test, Justin moment again, is it? <laughs> no, this is not a test, Justin. Uh, you know, you failed miserably the first time. I don't think I'm ever going to test you again. <laughs> um... <laughs> I was almost embarrassed for you, so <laughs> totally kidding. No, no, this is actually so, and this came out probably because we're in October, you know, or sorry, this came out because we're just outside of October, you know, so you know, Halloween, even though we're a week or so out of Halloween and out of October, there's still things about October floating around. Uh, and this one came up, which I thought was really interesting, especially considering all the paranormal investigators that are tuning into us on a weekly basis and ourselves as well, Justin, uh, we've done a lot of investigations, use a lot of equipment. And of course I came across this thing that said, Hey, why buy paranormal equipment when you can just download it on your phone? Right? So this article mentions six ghost hunting apps that you can use to track ghosts. 
And I thought it'd be kind of cool to share these with you. But then I thought, why should I just share them when I can actually test them? And that's what I did. I downloaded, well, there's six of them and I downloaded three of them. And there's a reason I'll explain that right now. Um, but the results are really interesting. So the first three that I did not download is one called the Ghost Detector at, or the Ghost Detector Plus. And this is something that's it's not really like an EMF detector or anything like that. It's just a bunch of ghost stories updated daily with the uh, new stories. Uh, it has like famous hauntings that tell you the history of them and sends you real ghost pictures and you can decide whether or not they're real or fake. And I thought it was an EMF detector because there's some weird stuff when you look at the pictures, but it doesn't seem like it is. And the problem or the reason why I didn't download this is because they want you to subscribe to it for $4.99 a week. Jeez. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> no, thank you. So I mean, it sounds like a cool I, app at least. I mean, just because it's got the stories and stuff, but four ninety nine a week? Jesus. Right. For four ninety nine a week. I mean, it's almost like a I feel like it's almost like a magazine in a way. You're paying for a subscription. Right, you're right. getting new stories, you know, and it But still you would think I'm monthly, sure not weekly. Jeez. Right. Exactly. And they had like a three day trial and I was like, I could do the three day trial, but apps are kind of weird. And I would, I don't mm -hmm. want to like download it, delete it, and it still charges me. Don't want to deal with that. Well, crap. and if you're like me, you forget that you have it. <laughs> Three days go by That's and you're charged other... $4.99 for the week. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the second one is the iOvilus. This one, again, I didn't download because it, they wanted $1.99. Yes, I'm a little cheap. I could have spent two bucks and tested it out. But if I didn't like it, and obviously I didn't really believe it was going to work, I figured, why bother? Uh, now, the iOvilus, we all know what an Ovilus is, and it's basically uh, an EVP slash EMF detector, depending on the device, that translates um, waves or uh, radio waves and different frequencies into words. And these words are supposedly the words of spirits. Um, and the way it does that is it collects... It basically uses words that are collected in the database of the particular right. app or most likely your phone, whether it's an iPhone or an Android, and uses whatever word is closely related. Um, again, I was really hoping to use one, one of these and test it out, but at $2 for something I probably would have just thrown away. That's like throwing away two bucks. Uh, the yeah. third one, and I don't even have to say why I didn't download this one because when I mention it, you'll know why, and that is a spirit board we've been down this road. So yeah. I didn't bother <laughs> downloading that one at all. We all know what a spirit board is. You're going right. to communicate with ghosts. I mean, enough said, but beyond that, there are three that I did download. And of course I had to go ahead and break my one rule in order to test these. And that is communicate with ghosts, right? I had to ask questions. I had to put myself in that situation. If I wanted to give you guys some good information on these things and really test them out. Uh, now, with that said, so the first one that I tested was Ghostcom Radar Spirit Detector. Now, this one was really kind of interesting. It was fun. Uh, of course, it was very gimmicky. Right on the, the app page, it says it's for entertainment purposes only, but I figured, what the heck, I'll give it a try. Uh, and really, it's didn't really do much. All you do is you click play at the top or at the bottom of the page, uh, the home page. 
Then a little radar beacon appears. It will begin to spin, and within 60 seconds, will claim to have uh, found a presence nearby. Now, as the system renders, the information about the spirit will appear. And by that I, information, I think about like the horoscope sign of this spirit of this person their stone whatever that may be it could be a birthstone or you know other uh the emotion of the spirit what it's feeling at that particular time uh, as well as his current location which seems to usually be around less than 10 meters away from your device now on top of this a message will appear with various words that do not really seem to correspond to each other but may give a broad clue as to who the spirit may be and even though it was really kind of a dumb thing and not really usable in a real paranormal investigation, I thought it'd be kind of an interesting party game or at least used for some creative workshops to make up stories on the information being showed. The first thing I actually thought about was actually the um, the Bisman um, Guild because this particular, and sorry for those of you who don't know, I'm talking to Justin here, the Bisman Guild is actually a guild that he runs in Bismarck uh, in Manda, North Dakota. Uh, for it's a writer's guild and what i mean is basically so in this case i use this ghost com radar spirit detector and it a little thing appeared told me that the distance of the spirit was about 8.77 ah, 8.7 meters away from me at about 236.4 degrees to my left the sign was a gemini the spirit was a female her stone was a diamond, her color was pink, and her status was sad. Now, the message that appeared was persuasive, happy, everyone, time, will, your, cooperation, enlist, Lena, and B. Bunch of random words, right? <laughs> uh, but I thought that that alone could be kind of interesting. Like, Justin, uh, here's this female. Her stone is diamond. Her color is pink. She's sad. Her name's Lena. What kind of story can we make up with persuasive, happy, everyone time, will your cooperation and list and be right. Could be fun to do. (laughs) So I don't know. It's a free app. Why not? You get something you guys can do when you get together. Uh, Plus the message was kind of contradictory. One of the words is happy. Her status is sad. I don't know. Maybe she's saying that she wants to be happy. Maybe she's saying that she is happy, even though she's not again. Yeah. It's all for fun. This thing, of course, naturally off my list for use in the paranormal field. So uh, <laughs> stay away from that one, folks. So the next app that I tested was the Ghost Sensor EM4 Detector. Now, this one is simply an EMF detector. Now, apparently, the I downloaded it on iPhone, but apparently phones in general have a sense of EMF detection. Uh, however, it's not usually a type of detection that would detect ghosts. The phone does pick up radio wave frequencies, but these are usually in 2G and 3G. Typically, in that, what a spirit, uh, based on our science, or at least on our theory, I should say, uh, would actually appear as. But what can I say? It's an app. Fun if you're interested in make believe. The detector fluctuates randomly, indicating high EMF sources, whether the phone is moved or not. Uh, at first, I thought maybe there was some, legitis- some legitimacy uh, to it, because whenever I approach the source that does emit EMF, uh, based on my initial walkthrough, 
the app would increase its detection. However, as I continued to use the device, I learned that those readings are simply coincidental and I would go back to the source only to find the EMF gone. I further tested this by simply holding the EMF in one place or the phone in one place and not moving at all. And you can see that every once in a while it would spike up real high and then back to medium, high, low, and it would constantly fluctuate like that. So another one that's busted. Sorry, folks, you're not catching ghosts with this app either. Well, I've always been kind of speculative about the EMF detectors because your phone lets off EMF. So how would it mm -hmm. detect EMF if it's letting off EMF? Right. It's weird. And, you know, some of these apps, they claim that they kind of rewire the way the phone works. Basically, it, it shuts down certain things and right. allows other things to run to, to, to detect it. But if it's just a way that they're trying to make money off of you. Um, obviously, there's in-app purchases if you want them. Uh, both of these happen to be uh, the base link purchase, which was the free version. You can upgrade to higher versions, which allow you to do a couple other small things, but nothing really worthwhile. Um, but the third and final ghost sensor that I ended up downloading was one called Ghost Hunting Tools. Now, I have to admit, this one was actually really interesting. Um, this particular app is an EMF detector along with an ovulus combined into one. So according to the licensor of the app, the, the purchase, basically the company you're purchasing it from, again, this is another free app. Uh, it explains to us what each thing does, the EMF pressure detector, uh, the EVP analyzer as well, and how it uses the phone to catch ghosts. So I'm gonna go ahead and just run through this real quick so everyone understands. So. Mm -hmm. We all know what an EMF meter is. They're instruments that read the fluctuation in electromagnetic fields, right? Uh, this particular detector is a combination of different EMF meters and uses triple-axis triple detection. It will detect fluctuations and anomalies in the electromagnetic field using various sensors like the mag magnetometer built within your device. And actually, when you're using this app, you can see three little yellow bars at the top of the screen. And as you move it, each bar moves depending on the direction you turn the phone um now according to the licensor you may experience paranormal activity between two and six milligauss the readout is calibrated on these parameters the history graphs below the main readout are recording the strength helping you track sources easier if the readout indicates fluctuations in the field we recommend slowing down and letting the app calibrate on the signal if the signal is a false positive the strength will slowly decrease or increase if the fluctuation is permanent and less likely to be wrong, uh, a wrong read. Now, of course, not all devices can support this type of app uh, because not all phones have the triple axis detection. So that's the EMF presence uh, detector. Next is the EVP analyzer. Again, we all know what an EVP is, but for anyone who's new to the paranormal community, it means electronic voice phenomena, and these are grunts, words, even simple sentences that are usually caught on tape during recording sessions. We basically use white noise uh, that's produced by uh, digital recorders, and these recorders will pick up unheard voices, voices we can't hear with our ears, basically. Now, since they mostly occur, these voices, that is, uh, occur in certain ELF ranges, 
together with the EMF detector, this particular detector will capture sounds through FM bands through your device's microphone, analyze the audio, and play back any anomalies detected. The graphs are indicating the base level, and this has a number of different graphs at the bottom of the screen as well. Uh, it'll indicate base level of noise from FM bands and the microphone. If an anomaly has been detected, a second set of graphs will display the wavelengths. Now, the audio file will be analyzed, and in combination with the sensors for the EMF meter and other environmental reads, it will approximate the meaning and select the closest corresponding meaning from the built-in dictionary. And this is the built-in dictionary through the app and also within your phone. The processing time can vary and depends heavily uh, on your device's processor unit. Now, similar devices are used by paranormal investigators, obviously, and can help evaluate a spirit's intention. All seems pretty legitimate. Seems like this app can be pretty cool thing to be using, right? So I went ahead and tested it. I put out all the stops. I opened up the app and I started messing around. Right? I started walking to all the places I knew there were EMF detections and places where they knew there weren't. And sure enough, this thing would pick up some EMF in places where there were EMF and it would dissipate and not show EMF where there were places where there wasn't EMF. I was like, this is intriguing. Uh, of course, as I continued on, I started noticing some weird fluctuations with it. Uh, in particular, every once in a while, I would go back to a source that had EMF and it would indicate, the app would indicate that there was no EMF at all, even though I knew there was. So this is another one of those things where kind of a hit and miss, maybe a little gimmicky. Well, then the voices started coming on air. So they started popping up. And basically what this does is every time you get a high spike on the EMF detector, you hear a noise. And this noise can be like a, a weird grunt or a whisper. And it doesn't say anything audible in, in terms of a word. It's just like a grunt. And that's all it is. And then a word will appear at the bottom of the screen of whatever the so-called spirit is saying. Now, the first four words that I got were control, feed them, loss, and bad. Try to think about what that could be. I asked a couple questions, and of course, none of these answers related to the questions I was asking. So I was like, clearly, this is just a fraud. You know, it's a gimmicky thing. It's a toy. And I shut it off. Well, then I came back last night. And this time, I took it around a little more, checked to see if it had any, any indication to the, where I knew the EMF was. And of course, it didn't. So I was like, clearly, that's weird. But then it started saying things. And that's when it started getting a little eerie. Now, some of the things that I got at night was on stairs. That was the word that showed up, on stairs. I was standing in, standing in the living room. Uh, wasn't really moving around any. I thought I'd just stand in one place and see what happens. And sure enough, if you stand in one place, every once in a while, the EMF will spike really high, give you a word, then drop. And spike really high, give you a word, and drop. Um, but this one said on stairs, and I decided, okay, there's only one set of stairs that I know of in this house, so I went to the stairs going into the basement. I went and stood on the stairs and said, here I am. Where are you? What do you want? Who are you? Et cetera, et cetera. The next word that I got was ring, R-I-N-G. Now, initially, something came to my mind uh, that would have corresponded, but it was more of a fear thing on my ass, on my side. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, there's things about it, but um, 
I was a little worried at first. And then I realized, well, my mind, the way my mind is, I tend to jump into horrible negative thoughts sometimes. And I had to pull back and realize, hey, this is just a gimmicky thing. Coincidence. This word popped up, right? And sure enough, that's what it was because nothing else popped up relating to this word ring or to any other question I really asked until it said on stairs again. Cool. I went back to the stairs, figured what the heck, I'll try one more time. I'm on the stairs. I say, what's your name? The word that I receive almost immediately is the word manual. Now, manual is obviously a book or maybe like a notebook of some sort. And I thought, I don't know what exactly that means. Maybe it's referring to my Christian beliefs or something because I was later on talking about uh, some God stuff while on the EVP just to see if I got some response on it, you know. Uh, but then I started thinking, what if this word manual was a misinterpretation? What if it was saying Emmanuel, or maybe it was giving me a name, but didn't give me the full name, right? Could have been so Manuel then I said, as well. Yeah, you know, so I, I was like, there's options here. It's, it's possibilities. So I'm standing on the stairs, and I was like, where are you? And it said above you. And I'm thinking, okay, so now I'm directed to the stairs. I'm on the stairs. I ask a name. It gives me a name. Where are you? It says above me. And then the very next thing it says is feasting. And of course, the weird sound comes up and it sounds like somebody munching down on meat. And it's really oh, odd, <laughs> a creepy sound. Um, but it says feasting. And I'm thinking, OK, well, this is a little creepier, you know, a little darker. <laughs> uh, and from there, I start getting things that do correlate a little more uh, to some of the things that we've talked about here on air. And some of that stuff was black mass, violence darkness, things like that, things that you and I have picked up on AVPs before when going through Indigo Lake, um, things that we've talked about. We know my history in regards to demonic affliction and things like that. Um, and I thought this is really seems to be credible in a way. But as we continue to get these information, this information, mind you that these EV EMF detections were happening at complete random. I wasn't moving the device. It was just sitting in one place. It would spike, spit out a word. That word sometimes would correlate with something. Sometimes it would correlate with another word that it previously said. Sometimes it would just be a bunch of mumbo jumbo and had no correlation to anything. Second, you have to realize that the maker of this app strictly says that this is for entertainment purposes only. This is just for fun. When you look at the reviews, everyone who's reviewing it are not paranormal investigators. They're kids who are at a party. They're hanging out. They're having a fun time and getting creeped out by this thing. Um, I do not believe under any circumstance that your phone is capable of finding paranormal anything. I don't think it can help us in investigating ghosts. There's a reason why paranormal investigators use uh, expensive equipment, real EMF detectors, real ovuluses. Uh, real digital cameras that can particularly help in catching evidence of some sort of the paranormal. And this particular app is simply just not one of them. It was interesting. It was very intriguing, very creepy. Um, but in the end, the constant sound of white noise can be a little annoying uh, for those of us who aren't normally using like a uh, Radio Shack hack or something like that, a voice box of some sort. And the words presented just seem very random 
and did not often correlate with any of my questions being asked, minus the one or two that did. Uh, nonetheless, I think that if you're bored, the app is free and could be fun to mess with, especially for people uh, who have friends that are very gullible. But to remind you, this is still a dangerous game because I was still asking questions to something that may or may not have been there and that very easily could have opened a door. I don't think anything happened. Nothing came through that was paranormal. I asked for actual evidence, physical evidence, noises, uh, a touch, a feeling, none of that came through. And I just think that in the end, this is one of those apps that, again, was fun, kind of intimidating at times, but in the end, gimmicky and simply a toy. Um, so if you guys want to check any of these apps out, again, this link is going to be posted on our channel. So go ahead and check them out. Let me know what you guys think. Um, there's a lot of views. I think there's like 2,000 views on this last one. And it's almost a five-star rating. I think it's 4.5 stars. Uh, really interesting. It really was. I think it was a fun, it was a fun experiment. A little creepy at times, you know, I, I kind of forgot what it was like <laughs> being uh, being the investigator uh, in, an, in a, at a location, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty cool, though. Yeah, I, I've never really believed in any of the apps. I mean, a lot of times uh, when teams are going in to do a paranormal investigation, they're telling people to leave their phones in their cars or whatever right. anyway so uh you wouldn't even be able to use these apps unless you're with a team that says okay we're gonna use the phone apps that's it you know whatever right but well, uh, i mean and phones don't give off a lot of emf whatsoever but you never know there could be a problem with your phone that gives off a little more emf than necessary and you might pick that up on something you know on, on a detector and well not just that, that though, can mislead but... your investigation, but you've got noises. If you get a phone call that right. can disrupt your investigation and your evidence, uh, things like that. You know, if your phone buzzes, most of the time I never feel my or hear. I never feel or hear my phone buzz. I know it does. And I know that it would be picked up on my digital voice recorder because it's one of those things that I can't hear. But at a certain frequency, uh, yeah, it can be picked up. So. Again, the fact that this uses 2G and 3G only to pick up stuff and the fact that all these words are so random. That was the other thing I was going to mention is when you do an investigation, you and I have been on many investigations and all of you out there have been too. Even when you're watching television, whenever they use the obelisk, over an eight-hour period, you're lucky if you get anywhere from three to six words total, right? right. I mean, you're not getting a lot. I use this thing for about 45 minutes total, and I got roughly around 15 words. Every time it spikes, it gives you a word. Every single time. And that in and of itself is more than enough proof to tell you that this thing isn't real. Because a ghost right. isn't walking up to your phone and saying a word every single time. You know? So that's something to consider. You got to think of uh, the realism behind a paranormal investigation compared to what these apps are actually selling you. And, and in this case... It's just one of those gimmicky things to get people to to purchase the extra stuff on the inside of the app and have some fun. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, you, we will be right back with Paratruth Radio right after this.
there are spirits everywhere, watching, waiting, seeking that opportune time to reveal themselves like no other. They fill our worlds with so much. Seriously? You didn't just do that. You farted on the promo? What's wrong with you? I thought you were professional. C go away. Go. I, I got it. I got it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Bowden, host of Nobo Boomy, where we explore deep inside the Goblin universe. We have an amazing show that covers the paranormal, conspiracies, music, art, entertainment, trending topics, and so much more. Please join us by subscribing to the show on Podbean at InsideTheGoblinUniverse.Podbean.com, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and everywhere you find podcasts. It's an informative, fun, and overall entertaining good time, and uh, we'll keep the gas to ourselves. Why don't you burp next time? Someone give me Brian Anderson. What's up, folks, and welcome back to Paratruth Radio. As always, my name is Eric. And I'm Justin. And we just finished talking about the few paranormal apps, ghost hunting apps in particular, that I downloaded the other day and tested out. Again, if you guys want to test any of that stuff out yourself, the link is up, so go ahead and check it out. Um, the three that I did, uh, were all free. There are two more ones, $2, the other one's like four ninety nine, four ninety nine a week. So if you're rich and you want to play with it, you can. Um, but we talked about a few other things tonight too. And one of them that I thought was the most interesting to me was this whole idea of DNA and how it reacts to human emotion, even when separated from the body. Um, that's an odd thing. You know, that's something that still is just the moment blowing my mind uh the other one was a psychic turtle and yeah. the fourth one was uh a real estate company called bungalow that sells real estate in the southeast they apparently had a paranormal investigator join their team and they are giving off proof uh as to whether or not a house that they're selling is haunted they're they're putting we'll say the quote unquote proof <laughs> quote unquote proof right quote unquote proof of them as far as I can tell, based on the article, there's only one house that said to be cleared of evil spirits or didn't have any. Every other house on the list has no indication of any type of paranormal investigation. Um, so a lot of things and I know, like normally every week we end up talking about which one surprises the most or was most interesting. You already yeah. know what mine was, and that was the DNA thing. I don't think I need to get into it. Um Real quick, I'm going to go ahead and just ask what yours was. Um, I think the the one that that really fascinated me was the DNA thing, just because, like I've said, uh, when I said when I did the article, was that you know I've always believed we shape our own reality, not necessarily the world around us, but we we shape our existence. You know, if we're having a bad day, you know, we're going to cause a bad day for everyone around us because our emotions affect other people. So in a sense, that makes a lot of sense that it would affect other people's DNA, not to the extent that they're saying here where it affects your own DNA, but people would be able to pick up on your emotion just right. because their DNA is reacting to your emotion. So that, I mean, and we could do an entire freaking episode just on that theory alone. But I mean, the, the three different things that happened was two of which were emotion-based. The third one is where they used light photons and the photons were acting 
randomly and erratically until DNA was introduced into the vacuum container that they were in. And then the light particles actually took the shape of the DNA strand that was introduced into the the vacuum. And that in and of itself, I mean, to me does not say we shape reality with our emotion, but mm-hmm. begs the question, like what was affecting those photons in that DNA that they completely changed what they were doing to react to the DNA. And even the scientists said that they were the, the light photons were reacting erratically in comparison to what they originally were doing, which was just kind of just doing whatever they were wanting to do. They were randomly roaming around. So, um, I honestly think that that would be an awesome concept to keep rolling with, but in the the sense of time and, you know, maybe just the fact that maybe we could get a guest on to talk about it compared to us just randomly talking about what we come across and what we believe. Um, maybe I would love to get one of these scientists on, but it doesn't say who did the, the, uh, finding or anything. So I'm not really sure, but, uh, Mm -hmm. that was the one that, that fascinated me the most like psychic turtle. I mean, to me, that's just random chance. And I mean, right. to an extent that's kind of psychic abilities in and of themselves to, to, to a degree. But, um, at the same time, it's like, yeah, this turtle is just picking. And I don't even know what the heck the turtle was doing to pick it. Is he just bumping it with his nose? Is he, eating the one that is going to win. It doesn't really say it just says right. that he's picking a random one out of two, uh, particular names. So, right. Yeah. It's, that's an interesting subject matter. Not much to go into, but it's, it's weird to think that there could be animals out there that are maybe psychic. You know, like one of the things that I've, I, I've always heard a lot actually, and I'm not saying that everyone believes this, but I've heard that animals are incapable of thinking. They live off instinct right. only, you know. Right. Um, and I just don't fully agree with that. It, in my personal experience of living with an animal for every day for the last 33 years of my life, I've seen them make decisions. I've seen them think. My cats, for example, when they're trying to jump from one place to the next, you can see them thinking about whether or not they're going to make that. They're trying to judge the distance how much power they need to put into that jump, you know? Um, and sometimes they'll just kind of twitch and move and think about jumping and then they'll stop <laughs> and be like, nah, it's not happening. And they'll turn around and leave and go a different way. Uh, or and you I see the ones thinking. that don't stop themselves and r- randomly end up like not making the jump and hurting themselves or right. whatever. Right. The ones who either miscalculate or just slip or something like that. Uh, but another thing that I think really, in, in my opinion, indicates that animals do think is the fact that they dream you don't dream on instinct you dream because of a thought that's rattled in your mind you know maybe Mm. that thought isn't necessarily something you're thinking about it could be suppressed but it's a thought a dream is a thought that's happening while you sleep and that i think is a strong indication that animals do dream at least most of them especially our domesticated ones well, I mean, that, that so, proves the presence of a psyche. 
Like most of our dreams are said to come from our subconscious psyche trying to tell us things in our dreams. Right. You know, and it, and there's like so many things that now again, like obviously I come from a Christian worldview and even the Bible says that even that even the animals know who's God, you know, they, they know my name. And it's, it's interesting that that particular piece of scripture is in there. It's the only piece in there about it, but it's there. And it's right. interesting to me because the know something means you've thought about that something in some manner, you know? Uh, so I don't know, maybe that's, that's something that we can bring up another time delve in a little deeper. I'd love to do some actual research on that. Um, but I think we're just about out of time here today. Yep. So again, this is uh, our first episode. We do have three, I think, this month. Nope. If just I'm not mistaken. Just two. Yep. Just two this month and then there will be a bunch next month because we'll be doing oh, it's live five. episodes right. for okay. New Year's and all that great stuff. Right. So so this month you have this episode and then you're going to have a Black Friday special episode as well right. uh, that we're going to be doing uh, next week. So that's something to look forward to because never done an episode on Black Friday. I don't know how that's going to go. <laughs> so I guess we'll find out. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it. You have anything else you want to add real quick? Nope. Um, just uh, like we said at the beginning, if you're looking for the shows, Make sure you type in New Lantern Media if you're at least if you're on Spreaker. That way you can find all the shows that are under New Lantern Media. If you're looking separately through Google or something like that, you can Google Paratruth Radio, Beyond Reason, Crime Crack. You will find the links just by Googling those names. Uh, but you will find New Lantern Media as well. So you can use either one on Google. But in, in uh, Spreaker, uh, instead of looking up the individual names, it would just be easier if you just look up New Lantern Media. Um so make sure you check that out. Uh, we are working on getting a website built for that, uh, a central hub, if you will, to uh, relocate all the shows into one area. So um, we are working on that. And uh, I think that's about it. All right. Well, in that case, folks, until next week, well, you'll find us at, well, Two weeks from now, you'll find us. <laughs> you, we should just start place. saying new episode next it's, episode. Yeah, it's a, yeah, we really should. You know, the <laughs> next time you now I'm just confused and lost. So we'll just see you next time, guys. As always, my name is Eric and I'm Justin. Peace. Hey there. I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.